Brooks Running has a new shoe for you runners out there. Did you hear that? Better turn up your volume. In fact, turn it up to the max. Introducing the all-new Ghost Max. It's got all kinds of things to make your knees and ankles feel protected, like Max Cushion, Max Soft Landings with DNA Loft V2 Foam, and Max Smooth Rides with their Glide Roll Rocker. Feel better on your run with Ghost Max. Learn more at brooksrunning.com. Vaginas are absolute magic, and Ollie is here to give them the respect they deserve. That means shame-free supplements made with clinically studied ingredients to keep your pH in check and your pleasure a priority. Put yourself on top. Go to ollie.com today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, hey, you guys. I am so excited today because I am interviewing Lynette. And Lynette and I are Instagram BFFs because we both wake up at 3.45 in the morning to work out. (laughs) But also, Lynette had contacted me when her daughter was having some problems potty training. And so I'm so excited to be talking about her experience today with potty training. Welcome, Lynette. Tell us a little bit about you and your your kids and your potty training and who's who in the game of life. All that jazz. Okay. So, hey, everybody. I am Lynette Williams. Um, my pseudo name is Operation Sexy Body. I am a health and empowerment coach. And basically, I help women live their best life and through the therapy of fitness. So that is kind of like my spiel. I am a proud mother of two beautiful little girls, Skylar, who is five, going on 15. And then I have a three-year-old, Zion, and uh, successfully trained both of them with the OCRAP potty training book and currently am still in the last uh, block with Zion, the three-year-old. So um, I have a husband, Joseph. We've been married six years and um, I'm just so excited to be here. Yeah. And it's worth going to Lynette's Instagram. It's Operation Sexy Body. And just scroll through and find pictures of her husband, Joseph, and her dressed up to go out because he is like, Super fly. <laughs> Thank you. And that's Operation Sexy Body, and that's sexy with an I. So if you're looking for the regular spelling, you won't oh. find it, but it's sexy with an I. Okay. I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let did, me. Walk, us, uh, walk us through either Skylar or Zion or maybe okay. Zion's more in your memory. <laughs> yes. Okay. So they're both vividly in my memory because um, one is a complete success and one is a success in process. So Skylar, um, again, is a five-year-old and she was 24 months when we decided to start the potty training book or potty training, period. And I went to the pediatrician and I'm like, hey, heard all these horror stories, you know, tell me what to do. And it was actually my pediatrician that said, hey, a group of my friends have gotten this book by Jamie Glowacki and it's called Oh Crap Potty Training. (laughs) And I said, okay, because I'm the type of person, I don't have to like reinvent the wheel. So if it works for you, let me figure out what happened. So I read the instructions, start reading it first, plan your time, pick the Monday. Like I literally followed every single thing at 24 months. We started on a Monday with everything. We, that Saturday, we stayed at home the entire week. We literally, I was like, I was like this with this book at night. Like I, like earmark, doggy, circle, highlight. I mean, all that. And Saturday, we had a party to go to. So I had to travel potty. We, we did it. I said, rip a Band-Aid. Let's just do it. And we did it. And that was just about three years ago. Awesome. 
So it took like a week that, and you were ready to go to a party. Yeah. Perfect. And we have not, we have not had any accidents. We haven't looked back. Now Zion, you know, success in training. So I actually, yeah, but let I me just interrupt you because those second kids okay. are going to screw you every time. Second okay. kids are YOLO kids. They, and I know this because I'm a second kid. <laughs> They don't care. <laughs> your first one, your first one cares about what you think. Your first one yeah. always tends to be a perfectionist. They're rule followers yeah. and you're a rule follower. And then your totally. second one comes along to give you the middle finger and be like, you thought you knew what you were doing. <laughs> By the way, this is why I didn't have a second child. <laughs> you could have told me that, Jamie. You could have told me that. <laughs> All right. So what's up with Zion? <laughs> Okay, so Z, I call her Z. Um, so Z is three and a half now. We started, I said, well, I'm going to do the same thing. This was such a success. I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> it did not work out. So we started at 24 months, literally to the day. I had it all planned out, had the book ready. Because, you know, I, I, can't, I keep it by the bedstand. You know, okay? <laughs> so, and then I had to add the toddler book. <laughs> that I keep underneath it. So, it. you know, we double fisting over here. So, so Z started at 24 months and we spent about three months, almost daily bedwetting, literally did the same thing. And I just could not figure it out. And so I'm the type of person I have to figure it out. Like it, it kept me up at night because I'm like, it can't be this difficult. I did it before. I just did it 20 months ago. Like it, 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 so, um, so anyway, so through trial and error, through reaching out to Jamie, figured out that these little tweaks made all the difference. Do you want me to no, can talk I, about Yeah, can, can I interrupt you though? So with Skylar, did you do night and day at the same time? I did. Okay. I did. I, I, you know, your recommendation was you could do one or the other, but it was recommended to do them both at the same time. So we threw those diapers away, had a, had a pamper party, throwing them in the garbage, and we have not looked back for Skylar. Okay. And yeah. then so Zion, you did both night and day and then you struggled with the bedwetting. How did he do during the day? So she was 90% fine during the day. It was nighttime. Okay. And, you know, the recommendation was 10 and 2. So we yep. did 10 and 2 for a while. And then we figured that it was, you know, maybe a month, three weeks to a month where she had no issues at nap or night. Okay. So we tried to move the 10 o'clock time up to 30 minute increments. So like 1030, then we did 11. So all that worked fine. Yep. She was waking up normal time, 630, totally fine. I don't know what happened. We didn't get a new bed. We didn't move. There was no traumatic, you know, happening, but she just started wetting the bed every night. And so we moved it back to the original like 1030, but then she was still wetting. So Jamie said, hey, Lynette, why don't you take her to bed before, take her to the potty before you go to bed? And I'm like, but what about 10 and 2? <laughs> what about 10 and 30? No, just take, just take her. And that's what we have done. And it's been a gazillion months. Since, and I used to track every single day because I'm like, okay, what am I missing? And it was because I was tracking every day that I was able to identify that I was, she was falling asleep and I was waiting too long to take her to release that last, mm. you know, before she went to sleep, like her deep sleep. Yep. Because and then, and then she started waking up too early because I would get her in her deep sleep and then she would, you know, cry and, you know, have issues going back to sleep. And since we get up at 3.45, we know how important that nighttime sleep is. Right. I <laughs> right. And I was annoyed because I couldn't figure it out. So anyway, so once we, so we take her to potty 
now that right before whoever's the last person to go to bed, we take her to potty then, and she's completely fine. But she's still not wearing pants yet. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I say that's the better goal with night training is sometimes the kid will need a crutch, depending on if that ADH, if that hormone's not being released with melatonin, things kind of get screwy. And if your child needs a long-term crutch, that's okay. It's just got to be doable for you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like, we get up at 345 and you could pee a kid at 345. The danger is if you pee a kid at 345, chances are they're going to be up. They're not mm-hmm. going to be able to go to sleep. So I always say the very realistic thing is the last adult standing should do the the pee. And then most kids can make it through the night. So that is a better goal to me than even staying through dry through the night. Because most parents mm-hmm. really want, they're like, when are they going to stay dry through the night? And I said, that may never come. I don't think I've ever gone, slept a night where I haven't peed in the middle of the night. But, no. but, you know, when they're learning that they can get out of bed and use the bathroom themselves, if we pee them that last time. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so how are things now currently? So things are really good. So we're start, we're still trying to get to the awareness of, hey, when you have to go potty, just get up. So she'll cry in the middle of the night. So mm-hmm. whoever's up will just kind of go in there. And most times it's always around two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Is she in a crib still or a bed? Nope, she's in a bed. So she can get up. And so normally we'll just go in there and say, hey, Z, go to the potty. And she'll get up and go and go right back to, you know, wipe herself and go right back to bed. Yeah. So we're just trying to, so she sleeps in panties during her nap because that's so short, like 90 minutes. But overnight we haven't, she's like, mommy, when can I sleep in bottoms? I'm like, until you can get up and go to the bathroom yourself, you know? (laughs) So, um, but no accident, you know, and it's fine. It's not interrupting our quality of sleep because yeah. um, we take her right before we go to bed and you know so it's fine and is that every night the two o'clock in the morning or just sometimes it's not, it's not every night it's not okay. every day sometimes after when we take her at like eight thirty nine, she'll sleep all the way until six with no problem and then go potty by herself and then come out so yeah she can't do it it's just that you know sometimes she um, so let me ask you a question. Do you have like a wake up clock or do you, do you have like a rule that she can't come out of her room till it's a certain time or anything like that? So the rule is if she opens her door and she doesn't see lights on that she should go back to sleep because okay. we, with our house is everybody in our house is up by 545. Okay. So if she sees lights on, then she'll come out, but she, she comes out sometimes. And if she doesn't see lights, then she'll go back in her room and get back in the bed. Okay. Does she have a nightlight? Yeah. So when it's like a motion light. So when she gets up, it turns on. Okay. So she doesn't have to worry about standing on the ladder and flicking the lights on and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So she's going to the toilet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so not the little potty? Correct. She's actually getting up out of her room and going into the bathroom and sitting on oh, the Oh, well, you know what you might want to do is put the potty, just re- resurrect the potty chair and put it next to her bed. Because maybe when at that two o'clock, maybe she's calling for you because it's a little more intimidating to go to the bathroom. Okay. But I give that a try. Yeah. Because sometimes what happens too is that when, when the kids are not getting up to go by themselves, we've instituted a rule of like, don't you get out of that bed till I come for you. And they're like, okay. You know, and so they kind of hold to the rule. Um, but keeping the potty chair right near the bed makes it less threatening because the, the bathroom, I think, could be kind of spooky at night. Like the toilet's dark. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, although there are lights all the way, I think. You know, that is definitely accurate and plausible that she may feel like it's so far away. And, you know, I get spooked sometimes as dark. I'm like, you know, where is everything? So. But you also know at three, like, you know, they act like 
Some things like out of the blue, like they can't put their shoes on. Like it's the most ridiculous task in the world, you know? So sometimes in that sleepy state, they're like, yeah, yeah. I just can't. I'm just going to call you. <laughs> and that's exactly, it's desperation. It's like, I can't live, you know? It's like, okay, girl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, honey, just roll. And then what you do is before she goes to bed, like pretend, okay, you have, you have the feeling to go pee. Don't call for me. Roll over. Just go in your potty chair. Like make it a game, you know? No. Um, that kind of role play. Okay. Yeah. That's a very, that's a big thing. I, one of the things I love about your story is, and this irritates me to no end about the world and the internet is everybody's a freaking expert with potty training. Nobody tells you how you should teach your child how to walk. Nobody runs into your thread and tells you how to ride a bike or tie shoes and that you're doing it wrong and they're too young. And how dare you try to tie their shoes when they're four and, you know, but potty training, everybody's got a freaking opinion. And yeah, it cracks me up when somebody comes onto my page and they're like, I have three kids and this is what you do. And I was like, really? Cause I've worked with tens of thousands of people. Like it's so <laughs> annoying. It's like, I got you, but you're one parent under one yeah. parenting roof. Right. But I yeah. love when you have two kids who are so wildly different. And then you say, yeah. see every kid, I have never met one. Kid, no kid does this the same. I've never seen the same process work for every single kid in the same exact timeline, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you made me nervous when we started working together because you were like, oh yeah, Jamie, I got my spreadsheets. I follow every rule. We're going to get exact. It was 10.02 and 53 seconds. And I was like, oh shit. Like I don't even work that exact. <laughs> and you were like, no, Miss Jamie, I go to, she goes to bed exactly at this time. I am telling you. I, I know, like, I know. I, I was brought down a couple of things. You were like, uh-uh, sis, that's, that's not going to work. That ain't I was like, work. maybe we put a softer focus on this. <laughs> It is funny though, because you said the reason you were able to track the problem was because you tracked. And so this is always a funny thing with parents is I say, keep a loose eye, keep a loose eye, but I don't want spreadsheets because I don't want you getting an ulcer, you know? And this is why when people go, I went to my pediatrician and they were useless. And I was like, yeah, because too many of us came in with a spreadsheet and the pediatrician's like, I can't handle you right now. I'm over you already. Too yes. intense for me. They'll they'll do yeah. it when they're ready, and that's their sort of cursory thing. Yeah. Um, cool. And then Sky Skyler was just fine after that week. After yeah, she's fine. She's totally uh, fine and great. Like wiping herself now. Number one and number two, and she's great. When did she start to wipe her butt? Because this is a huge question for that I get. I know. And my my standard answer, what people don't realize. So have you seen that? um, It's like an internet reel that goes by and it's moms with a baby in front of them. And they go, imagine putting your hands like this and they do like an O above their head. Uh And imagine your head filling that space. And when you take a baby, when you take a one or two year old and you put their hands their head fills that space. And I don't think they have unusually large heads. I think their arms are little T-Rex arms. (laughs) So so sometimes it's just logistics of like, when you're trying to teach a child to wipe, you have them put their hand. You'll see they're nowhere near their butt. Like, I mean, they're about their butt cheeks. And sometimes you gotta be like, honey, no, you gotta dig a little. Yeah. It is a little more in there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We have those conversations. I'm like, yeah. I go back and try that again. Yeah. yeah. And so how did you so, teach Skylar? So again, <clears throat> the book says, <laughs> um, and then, you know, following, because I think it's important 
too, just as a note, like when we are currently going through potty training and having young kids, like it doesn't, just because you get beyond the block doesn't mean that you're not going to go back a block or have to revisit some type of awareness and kind of like, oh, let me, what did she say about this? And so I follow your page, obviously, because of the dope, but also because a lot of like real-time parents are having these questions that I may not have, may not have had right now. But with, with Skylar, but with Z, I'm like, oh, I see that pattern forming. So let me try to kind of use some of that awareness to level set me so that when it does come, I have some tools anyway. So with Skylar, you know, your recommendation was you do one, I do one. So that's how it started. And then we practice. So we like, we love yoga in this house. So we, you know, so speaking of the arms above the head, so we do a lot of stretches and things like that. So we try to, um, so we stand at the wall and try to touch the wall and then, or, I hold like a, like a little board or, or a piece of paper. I put some um, color on her fingers, and I'm like, "How far can you reach?" And so she'll touch. Anyway, so we we like we do a little fun stuff. Linda, so. you freaking trained your daughter to stretch. <laughs> I, absolutely, stretching I is important. I love it. He's like, you know what? It's we can train this. We can train this. <laughs> we can we can do this. But because Z threw me for a curve, I wasn't so spreadsheet and keeping me awake at night because I was like, okay, Linda, these aren't robots. These are children with different personalities, different DNA. Yes, they're both your kids. Yes, they were 20 months apart, but they're not the same kid and they're not going to be able to have the same type of experience. And the more you push, the more they're going to push back. And that's not what we need. So, so, you know, so we kind of practiced or whatever. So she, she doesn't do it every single time by herself, but I wanted her to be able to go into school and not feel like she had to hold it until she got home because right. she wasn't equipped to at least get, you know, most of it. So that's where we are. So, and she's, she's really good. She's like, mommy, I need some help. So she's very aware, like, mommy, you know, I can't do it by myself. Can you help me? And absolutely. So, yeah. And you know, sometimes you have those poops that you go to wipe your butt and there's like endless poop. You're like, yeah, but other times you do a clean sweep and you're like, wow, that was a really good evacuation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's um, where we are. So that's good to know. So you guys listen up because Skylar's five. And so people always, <laughs> what the problem is when you go to preschool, most preschools demand full potty training and that includes wiping mm-hmm. the butt. So parents freak out. No three-year-old is going to do a good job. They're not. And even a five-year-old may not do a good job. So when there's like skid marks or whatever, don't freak out. That's not an accident. Unless your child's showing withholding and you feel like it's smearing, it does happen. I don't think you're an effective butt wiper till you're about six. So that's in keeping. Yeah. Um, and she's six months away from being six, just a footnote. So she's almost six. She's not like a new five. Like she's right. almost six. So. Yeah. And we've been working at it. And she's been potty trained for a long time. So we've like slowly progressed in like, you know, her being independent as it relates to that. So. Yeah. And the, the thing with wiping your butt is like I like I say in the book, you you it's like brushing teeth. They take a turn, then you take a turn. But you gotta when they take a turn, you're like, oh, you're not even close to where you need to be. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I wanted to go back. Oh, because one thing you were saying about Z and night training. Well, first of all, I really love, I love your experience. Um, I feel like, you know, I've met so many people who like their first kid, they had like a, a vaginal birth and then their second kid, they had a C-section. I was like, wow, you got to experience like 
on the birth experience, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so like yeah. Skylar was like the rule follower. You, you followed me to the letter and then you had to like literally kind of take your knowledge and throw the book away for Z. And so yeah. that I want you guys listening to know you don't ever, my book is a guide. So you can follow, you can try to follow it by the letter, but if that's not working, t- put it through the filter of your kit. Cause every kid is different and there's going to be some things that I say that are just bullshit for your kid. And it, it's okay. You don't have to follow me to the letter, you know? And sometimes when people contact me, I'm doing everything perfectly. And I was like, Ooh, we'll back up a little and put a softer lens on it. Yeah. 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 That was my thing. And I think parents, we really need to like take all the pressure that we put on ourselves to be perfect and to have this party time. Cause I mean, it is bragging rights too. Right. And one of the things I, Oh, I love that, that I wasn't even aware of because when you're excited about starting something new, all you want to do is post about it. And you're like, don't get on social media. Don't tell people that this is what you're about to do because it's going to like destroy your momentum, your focus, your excitement. It's going to destroy everything. And so I did not do that. And it was like the best thing. So take some of the pressure off of you parents because your kid isn't going to be perfect. And if they are, that's great. But that doesn't mean that someone else whose child doesn't have the perfect letter to the T is any less of a successful parent because their potty training didn't go as planned. It's not a measurement. Whenever I am a guest on a podcast, they always ask me for like some parting wise words. And I always say, this isn't a measurement of your parenting. And you just don't, it's the first time you're like a really concrete teacher where there's one desirable outcome. And so when your kid starts to flounder, you can feel like a failure because you're the one teaching. So you must be screwing it up. But kids struggle and there's going to be so many more struggles in childhood, whether it is riding a bike, tying shoes, maybe your kid has a learning disability, maybe they don't get math. Like there's going to be these struggles and we have to detach from our kids' struggles to our identity, you know? All we can do is help them and be advocates for them, but we, we're not failures if they fail at something. And in fact, failure is what builds resilience and makes you better, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And then I wanted to go back though to Z and night training, because I also want to remind everybody night training is like an art more than a science and it is fluid, no puns intended. So who knows why Z is waking up at two in the morning sometimes and not other times. Like we don't know, like you don't drink eight ounces of water and eight ounces of water comes out and pee four hours later. Like the human body doesn't work like that. We're in various stages of dehydration in the summer that you might be absorbing all that water. So you might not pee as much, but be mindful of those nights, particularly like we just got through the holidays and I was walking people through like, dude, stay out as late as you want, but you're going to have to do a couple of wake ups because if your kid's up till 11 drinking juice boxes, you know, at a Christmas party, don't expect them to stay dry for the night, you know? Yeah. And so it's never like one and done, like, oh, we found the system. Now we're all set. You have to kind of like, and we edge into summertime and watermelon's a diuretic. So you got some watermelon on 4th of July staying up late. And I was like, you're going to have to wake up to help your child pee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I'm glad you said that too, because, you know, we still do the cutoff, you know, we taper for nap time and then we taper liquids and she only drinks water. She doesn't drink milk or any juice or anything like that. Um, so we taper off her water. Um, like two, two and a half hours. And at first, you know, when she was waiting in the bed, we, you know, I'm like, I don't want to like make her not drink water for four hours before she goes to bed because that wasn't the case. So to your point, like you got to know your kid. And so 
you know, she'll have sips, you know, now there was a time when I'm like, you're going to bed at seven. There is no way you're drinking anything. You're just going to have to like cough to death. No, I'm, just totally I'm like, you're not drinking anything two hours before bed. Now, if she wants a sip of water before, you know, like an hour before she goes to bed, I'm not going to deny her that. But I just know that I potentially may have a different night than nights where I, you know, restricted, you know, two, two and a half hours before. So Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I actually was just working with a client and I had to consult with a pelvic floor specialist about um, bladder control. If you, while I do recommend restricting water a couple of hours, and it's more that you want to empty the reservoir in the bladder. That's the right. other thing, right? And you just, you can't go, if the child's bladder is full, and they drink water, you're going to have peace out the night. But what happens is parents take my words and they say, okay, we're still having accidents. So we're going to restrict four hours before. And that will start to dehydrate the child. And that will irritate the bladder in the system and will actually create some more pee. It's almost like a diuretic effect. So mm-hmm. be cautious of that. Don't, don't go crazy. I don't want a kid not drinking for four hours before bed. Cause we actually do get dehydrated at night too. You know what I mean? Cause we go a long time. So speaking of that, let's shift a little bit because I just want to talk before we log off about Operation Sexy Body and your workouts and stuff. So one of the things I have found in training is that we do get dehydrated at night. And I used to wake up and just have my cup of coffee, not think anything of it. And I started drinking electrolyte salt, particularly like a thousand milligrams of salt with water as soon as I wake up. And it's a game changer. Do you do this? Do you drink? I drink, I drink lemon water. Okay. So, um, so the, the benefits of the, um, immune boosting and, and, uh, diuretic and all that stuff, um, from lemons, I absolutely love. So I just drink lemon water, um, like 16 to 20 ounces right mm-hmm. after my workout. Cause I can't, I can't drink water before I work out or else I'll never work out. So I just drink it right after. <laughs> Well, you know what I do. I was amazed because well, I I like journal before I work out. I wake up early so I can journal, set my calendar, (laughs) then I work out. But um, I was amazed because for years, you know, of course, I thought that morning coffee got me my morning poop, but it's not. It's rehydrating. If you just drink water, you'll still get your morning poop. So if you think your morning poop is tied to your morning coffee, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. And I I have a aversion to caffeine, so I haven't had caffeine in about five or six years. Maybe maybe a little longer, but I used to think that as well. And I think I think our bodies do so many things naturally that we really don't allow ourselves to let our bodies do those things. You know, yeah. um, drinking water, natural diuretic. We think that we need to do something else to make our bodies do what it's supposed to do naturally. So right. I totally I totally agree, and I think that people just and movement itself. Like as soon as you move, your body's like, oh, I'm awake. A lot of people. You know, there's some people that don't eat in the morning or fast or have intermittent fasting or whatever your training goals are. It may be different. Your body goes through different things as you age, the seasons, you know, the right. types of food that you eat, the types of food that you're, you know, have an aversion to. So it's a lot of factors, just like potty training. There are a lot of factors that you have to consider, but you know yourself best, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny you say that because I am typically 345 in the morning, but lately it's been more like 430 because it's dark. <laughs> I was sick and I was like, oh, I just, I got a new bed. And I was like, oh, I just need the sleep for whatever reason. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. so sleeping in for me is 4.30. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, log off. Yeah. <laughs> so on your Instagram, you're always posting your workouts. Are you shooting? So I see you keeping track. Are you shooting for consecutive days that you move your body in a conscious way? So no, not consecutive days, just total number of days in the year that I want to work out 30 minutes or more. 
Okay. So my goal last year was 345. So out of 365 days, my goal was for at least 30 minutes, 345 days to move my body. So I ended up at 359. So there were like six days that I didn't like work out. So that was my same goal for this year. And it's not, and I, and I always tell people, you know, don't worry about doing it when you're sick. Don't worry about doing it when you don't feel like it. You know, working out is a stress. And so the last thing that you want to do is stress about a stress. Yeah. And so movement doesn't necessarily have to be putting on gym clothes, going to a gym or, you know, going outside and running until you're, you know, faint. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's just conscious movement. You know, I want, it could be walking, it could be swimming, it could be dancing, it could be anything. But for me, I feel better when I move. And yeah. so that's why it's a non-negotiable for me to get up three hours before my kids in my house and be able to give myself something. And that's what I tell women. I'm like, you know, we give so much to so many people all day. Jamie, you have clients all day. You email all day. Or well, you're very good at boundaries, though, by the way. FYI, you're very good at setting all boundaries. Um, but you, you know, you have a schedule and you have responsibilities. You know, you're a mom, you're a business owner, and you have so many things that you have to do for so many people. But that workout is just for you. Yeah. And how powerful is it, especially at the first part of the day, to give yourself something that nobody else has any control or any say over? Yeah, it's just, it's it's so empowering. So that's why I get up. Because I could do it when I take, you know, one to school. One, Z is still at home with me. She'll be in school next year. And that may change. I may wake up at 4.30. I may sleep in, you know, I may yeah. take them to school and come back. But for now, for the last 10 years, I've done it and it's worked out just fine. Well, and that's, you know, I'm constantly revising my schedule as a homeschool, you know, I homeschool my son. And I work from home. So it's kind of, you always have to revamp things. And yeah. I've really realized from 3.45 to like 8.30, that's just my time. And that's reading, meditating, prayer, journaling. Um, I, I'm a bow hunter, so I practice my archery. And so like even today, I already got my bow hunting done. Um, not hunting, but I, I got my archery practice. And it's so, as moms, we are being tugged at all the time. And so I know when I'm working with somebody who doesn't have enough time and they're like, don't tell me to wake up earlier. I need my sleep. And I am a fanatic about sleep. But I also say like, yes, but you need this time to give yourself because you need that. You need that time. And Mm -hmm. I see a lot online, like people say, I know it's not right that I'm binging on Netflix, but I want, um, I've been mommed all day. I've been touched all day and I need some time for me. And for me, it's a simple equation of return on investment. So I go to bed super early. I go to bed at 8 or 8.30 because anything that happens after that is a waste of my time. I don't want to binge Netflix. I'd rather give my me time when it's dark, nobody is up yet, and I'm doing something good for myself. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a workout. Sometimes I'm just walking the dog. The other day, I went out in my driveway and my shadow... I love my shadow. I looked like six feet tall and 90 pounds. I was like this tall goddess Amazon. And I was like, I just started to dance. I had some great music on. And I spent like a half hour dancing in my driveway with my shadow. And it was so fun. So it doesn't have to be a workout, right? It just has to be movement because like we sit so much. Yeah. 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 And we wonder why we have so many, you know, mental health is especially in the sad months, right? Like, you know, the seasonal affect disorder months is you know, when it's not a lot of sunlight, our vitamin D levels are depleted, our energy is low, we're eating all kinds of stuff that we don't normally eat during the year. So that's why I love like this time of the year where everybody has like this new renewed focus and things like that. But you got to figure out what works for you. Don't 
follow somebody else's rule just because it works for them. You got to figure out what works for you and then hold yourself accountable to it. I work with a lot of women who say, think, oh, I don't want to get up early. Okay, well, I need my me time. Okay, but then you have to be more productive during the day so that you can get in bed. The reason that you need sleep is because you're not being as productive as you need to be in the middle of the day or yeah. during the day because you feel like you have to do everything after everybody goes to bed. But there are ways that we we can do anything we want to do. Yep. So exactly. I mean, <laughs> and yeah. and now, are you a beach body coach? Yeah. So I am still a beach body coach, for, formerly known as beach body. We're changing our name pretty soon to body yep. to promote more health esteem and you know for people who don't feel like they have a beach body. But I'm like I'm Operation Sexy Body, and it has nothing to do with aesthetics. It has all to do with how your mind thinks and how you interact with the world and how you view yourself. So, but anyway, but yeah. That's so funny because I never even thought of it as aesthetics for you. I always thought of it as vibrancy. Like you're so vibrant and like, and confident and glowing. Um, But I have been a Beachbody fanatic since they came out. And it's funny because I don't, I don't think of that name as offensive, but with, you know, taking in more diversity of body types, like the idea that you need a beach body is ridiculous. Everybody belongs right. on the beach and everybody belongs in a bathing suit. Right. But Absolutely. I just want to say like, guys, if you are looking for movement, their online programming is stellar. I've been using it for years. I've had it on a subscription. Pascal uses it. There's workouts for guys. There's workouts for kids or, you know, Pascal 16, but um, they're the best workouts and there's such a wide variety. So like what I tell people, if they don't know how to start moving, spend I think it's like 110 bucks for a year and it's so worth it to just try the classes because they have bar they have pilates they have 15 minute workouts they have 30 minute workouts um they have people like um really aggressive like um Shanti who like you and I have argued about because I could throat punch him um (laughs) but yeah so anyway you guys if you're looking for time like if you want to start this routine I know anybody listening to this is in the potty training age range and your kids are frustrating. They're up your butt all day. Potty training sucks. Like the toddler years are hard. They are wicked hard. And so these workouts, a lot of them are just 30 minutes and you get it done. It's, I just love them. So I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I I love it. Um, And actually they have last year ish, they upgrade, you can upgrade your membership. So Beachbody on demand is like a hundred and I think it's like 110 bucks a year now. So all of these programs, um, here comes mine. I hear her little feet. (laughs) So, but they, you can upgrade your subscription to body. So there are these live classes that are, can you say hi to Miss Jamie? Hi, Zion. Hi, Z. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so they've added double the amount of workouts. And so there, it's great because if you like, like us who've been members for decades or like I've been a member for like 11 years, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of kind of like, even though they have new programming, it's really great to do like a different program or a different class because uh, they film them live in LA. And so I watch them replay because they probably just want to be by the time I actually work out. So, um, but it's great. So if you guys, yeah, it's, a, it's a great way. Like if you don't know where to start, cause so many people say, I hate the gym. I don't like this. And working out at home is really hard. It's really hard mm-hmm. like to try to piece together an Instagram person or, you know, come up with your own exercises. So yeah, for me, the 30 minutes done, it's all set. I love it. So yeah, if you guys don't know where to start, start there because there's such a wide variety. You can figure out like, yeah. oh, I like yoga. Oh, I like yeah. bar. I like Pilates or, oh, look, I like to like be a maniac for 40 minutes and <laughs> sweat yeah, my ass They have a tough mutter that I'm really interested in uh, trying. Oh, so. I've taken those classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? Yeah. yeah, okay. They're pretty yeah. good. They're pretty good. Okay. 
Um, all right, Lynette, any wise words that you would like to share before we log off? Yeah, I just, you know, I think I am very passionate about women believing in themselves and women moving their bodies and, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. So when you get on social media, you are looking at somebody's highlight reel. Please do not compare your real life, everyday struggles, highs and lows to somebody's highlight reel. Everybody is always all made up. Everybody is always looking perfect with the girl alone and snatch waist and, you know, all this kind of stuff and looking great. And so I make it a point in my practice to make certain that women believe that with a proper balance of fitness, nutrition, and a lifestyle of just self-acceptance and belief and believing in yourself, that you can really accomplish anything. That's body training, that's choosing who you hang around, that is choosing the, the, the career that you have. Uh, limiting your time, doing things that aren't productive, that you're trying to impress people that you don't even like. So I just want to say that we have to really get out of the habit of feeling like we are always trying to prove something to someone. And if that means, go ahead. I love that. But I love that. Like you're, you're talking in like empowerment, but also in the parenting realm, like stop trying to prove your parenting and seeing everybody's highlight reels and seeing people who like kids seem to cook and drink from an open cup easily. And you're like, shit, I don't have my shit together. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. also and what I you, find is they, we're so less that we feel less than, and then we have to prove mm-hmm. our parenting. You don't have to prove your parenting yeah. to anybody. Yeah. And then you become inauthentic. And then you spend so much time being inauthentic because you're trying to prove something to people that you don't even know or people that you don't even like that you find yourself like looking around like, oh, wait, wait, who am I saying? What am I supposed to be doing again? So it's inauthentic it. or you freeze. And I, when I work with clients, I can literally, I can see them standing still in a crisis with their child and going through the Rolodex of Instagram and who, which expert should I listen to? And I'm like, I can hear the Rolodex going and I'm like, y'all just got to make a choice. Even if it's a bad choice, live with that, apologize, move on. But I see this frozen in life, in choices, in, you know, I want to start a business. I want to finish a book. I want to, there's people who literally contact me. Their kids are five years old and they're like, I was researching so much about potty training that I didn't potty train in the proper age range. Because I was looking, they were so busy researching and I'm like, dude, just do it. Mess yeah. it up and do it over. Yeah. yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. I, yeah. 100%. So that's oh, all. <laughs> thank <got> you, Lynette. <laughs> Those are very wise words. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. Always a blessing to talk to you, my love. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.